let's talk also about how it actually is the best way also to get jacked, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so I have a belief, I could be wrong, that everyone, it's not something we want to necessarily talk about. Yeah. People don't necessarily want to come out and say, I would like to look a certain way. Yeah. Because we sort of look down on that a little bit. Yeah. Right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot I of think, times like you get like the I want to lose ten pounds. Right. But in reality what vague. you're saying is people just want to look better. Yeah. And I think that that's it's like there's nothing wrong with that. It's correlated with yeah. health. Like why would you not want to look better? Yep. Everybody does. Everybody wants wants to feel good on the beach. Yep. Um there is a fun carryover effect with functional bodybuilding. Partially because of the rep ranges and partially because of the eccentric movements yep. that make you, that causes hypertrophy, yep. which is causes muscle growth. Yep. Uh, so there, a, a fun side benefit is that it, it, if you do it correctly and your nutrition's dialed in and you're in, in, intentional about it, it will make you more jacked. Yeah. Marcus Philly being a good example yeah, that he is, if you, yeah, if you use Instagram, yeah. he is, he never has a shirt on. Yeah. Uh, and he is out of this world jacked. Yeah. Maybe more impressive to me though, is there are a lot of people who are very muscular. He moves well oh, yeah. and coined the phrase. And I've been trying for months to think of a better phrase and there isn't. So I'm just going to steal it from him. Yeah. Um, to look good and move well. Yeah. And to me, I think that typifies it. Like we yeah. all want to, at some level, look good. Yeah. Just how, and we all want to and need to move well yep. for our long-term health all right guys what's going on today i'm really really excited about this podcast and i hope you guys enjoyed the intro a little clip a little preview i've been trying to think about how i could take the best part from each individual sunday chat and kind of put it in the beginning as a teaser this one's going to be with new coach ryan hastings and he is somebody who is just an autodictat, somebody who just soaks up, absorbs information, and loves having conversations with people to just get the opportunity to pick their brain and take the knowledge from them that they hold kind of within. He's very articulate. He speaks very well. So I think you guys will enjoy listening to him just, if nothing else, just from that. He's also been a great addition to not only the coaching staff, just in terms of being a bit of a, a mature leader and somebody who really just has this like invigorating passion for uh, fitness and for CrossFit and for development. And we have some exciting things coming with a new functional bodybuilding class that Coach Ryan is going to uh, talk a little bit about in this podcast. He's going to tell you guys a little bit about why he wants to do it. And that first part was a little bit of a teaser. And we kind of dive into that later on once we get past the uh, the initial getting to know Ryan part a little bit. So hope you guys like this one. Sorry it's a little bit late. We had an, uh, just a truly incredible opportunity. Dr. Allman, the team from Columbus Chiropractic, came by today. And we just had six and a half or seven hours of just deep dive into shoulder care and shoulder movement and rehab and how to keep you guys healthy and safe inside of our facility. I, I just feel so blessed every time that we get to go and do that because, I mean, he's putting on 
very, very high value seminars and making it affordable for the local Columbus community. And it's just something that is, uh, it's, it's amazing. And we're very lucky and we're very lucky to have people like him in our lives. And I hope that you guys enjoy some of that stuff being in class this week and also very much enjoy this podcast. Thanks guys. Today we are here with Mr. Coach Ryan Hastings, and he's going to be going through. We're going to double this up as kind of a Sunday chat, as well as a discussion on functional bodybuilding. So I'm going to let Ryan go ahead and introduce himself, tell us a little bit about what he does during the day, and then a little bit about what his passion is and how he's transitioning that. So yeah, so by day... um... I sell beer. So I'm a sales rep for a local wholesaler, and we sell a consortium of different breweries. Um, so I work in Dublin, Powell, and Delaware. Prior to that, I was on the production side of brewing. So I was a brewer, the overnight brewer at Fatheads up in Cleveland. Um, up until pretty recently, I would still moonlight at the Anheuser-Busch facility off 270 nice. uh, in the brew house there. Um, and then prior to both of those things, I ran a small brewery in Charleston, West Virginia. Nice. What was that called? Uh, Charleston Brewing Company. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. And so, as you like to call it, slinging the poison. That's it, yeah. That's your day job. You sling the poison. Yeah, sling poison all day long. <laughs> Which is, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting dichotomy to do that all day and, uh, and then come to come to friendship. You're like part of the part of the problem by day, and then part of the solution. Yeah. After the evening, you're just hedging yourself. You know. Yeah. Works either way, just keeping keeping the lights on, keeping business strong. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so and then you're a father of a very famous young man at our facility. And so a lot of people already know about him. But go ahead and tell them about us about him. Yeah. So, um, my kind of partner in crime, as long as I've been at friendship, uh, has been my son Rye. He is 16, uh, just short of turning 17. He's a junior at uh, Kaufman, and um, he's a fantastic guy. He's he's, I couldn't be more proud of him. And and we're at a a wonderful point where um, we have a pretty cool relationship as a father and son. And one of the things that we share is is coming to friendship. So, um, yeah, he's he's a fantastic guy. I'm sure we'll we'll bring him up more, but he's yeah. he's he's sort of his own. His own animal. Well, and much like like Andy and other um, you know spouses and family members of guests past, uh, he listens to the podcast. Yeah. And so you know we've got to make sure we don't build his head up too much. We also don't trash talk him too much. That sixteen year old like boy ego, you know, we got to look out for. Right on the line. So he's going to take. I can tell you now, tremendous joy 
and just skewering me for whatever I say yeah. in the, uh, this the course of this podcast. Good. He's you know he doesn't realize it's happening. Yeah. But when he realize, and I'm not going to tell him. Yeah. I'm just going to let him find out. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Just let it ride. Yeah. yeah. Just like you know it's what's going to be coming. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Um, and so you know, slinging poison by day, and then recently, uh, you know, you kind of reached out and said, you know, hey, I I love uh, CrossFit. I'd be very interested in. You know, becoming certified and looking to start coaching. Tell me a little bit about that trend, what kind of caused it, and then a little bit about uh, you know how you've kind of been able to act on that. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back because the origin of that I've come to realize began long before yeah. I came became interested and even aware of CrossFit. Yeah. Uh, prior to being a brewer, my real background, my original vocation, and probably what I was ultimately best at, was teaching. Uh, I was a history and economics teacher in middle school and high school in Pittsburgh, um, and left that to pursue brewing, but it was always, I always felt like my uh, my circle was not completely full, Yeah, uh, that I was missing something. And I, what I was missing was was um, teaching effectively. Yeah. Uh, and what I was what I thought at the time was that I just didn't want to work in the traditional educational system. There were things that I didn't like about it. Yeah. Uh, but I really missed teaching and really missed my students and felt like a little bit of emptiness. Yeah. And came to realize over years um, that that coaching. Could be, it would be in many ways the perfect yeah. the perfect solution yeah. where you still had that interaction you still had that unbelievably positive feeling of helping people and and maybe showing them something that walking in that day they didn't know yeah um, but at the same time you didn't it wasn't um, you could take it as far as you wanted yeah. I think that one of the things that was difficult for me with teaching was um, no matter how where your skill level was, you were, you were, you were, your path was predetermined. Yeah. And I had a, a difficult time with that. Yeah. So the idea that um, something could be a little more entrepreneurial, but still give you the intrinsic satisfaction of helping people. Yeah. It um, was something that I was, had always loved myself anyway. Yeah. Uh, was very appealing. And then when you kind of stack on top of that, the societal, trouble with obesity and, yeah. and unhealthiness it just seemed like there there are a few more helpful things that you could do for other people and yeah. and by and large from that few better ways you could feel better about yourself yeah well i mean and you think it's you know it's kind of funny like my degree sitting right here and that's like integrated social sciences i mean that was my that was my goal was to be a history teacher and so it's kind of funny that we we share that right yeah and uh, you know i was just i, I got to the point where the jobs that I was working while I was in school were, I, I kind of realized, like, I don't really like working, like, for the man very much, like, in any capacity. Mm-hmm. It's a big reason why I got out of the Army. I, like, that that degree of control. And then I just kind of started thinking about it, and as I started shadowing some teachers and doing some things along those lines, I was kind of like, yeah, this is, I mean, it's not the military. It's definitely not, but, like, the degree of like control is is similar in terms of like you know the best path this is the logical path but i can't do it because of x and y and z right some uh 
you know, state test we've got to do or some, you know, school board initiative or something, you know, or finances or whatever it might be. And so I think I just was like, it interrupted that. And then just like you, it's like that, that the entrepreneurial excitement of not having that kind of hanging over your head, but still having the ability to help and lead and coach and teach and those kinds of things, I think is, uh, is kind of what's, what's cool about that. So, so, um, so history teacher and then kind of brewing, where did, um, where did you actually start really coming in and, and coaching people physically? Um, so in the coaching, so I met, I, there was a, like a seminal moment for me where I realized that I did not want to be on the production side of brewing. I didn't want to own my own brewery anymore because that was always the driving yeah. thing. Um, and I remember talking to one of my closest friends, I've been friends with him almost my whole life, driving up to work a night shift in Cleveland. There's like two hours every way, each way. <laughs> Down, almost down to the minute, like exactly two hours from my yeah. house here. So the the way that you keep your sanity is podcasts and talking to people. Yeah. Um, so we were having a long conversation, and he is a physical therapist and wanted to open a gym. We had been talking about different different things you'd have in this make believe gym. Yeah. And it just dawned on me, uh, like a lightning bolt moment, like this is it. Yeah. Like this, you you know have said to countless people. You don't care how much you work, so long as you can go to this, yeah. as long as you can exercise. Yeah. Like, dummy, yeah. why don't you just do that? Yeah. You miss working with people anyway. Yeah. Um, and then so from there, um, it became the question of how do you get into it? Yeah. How do you get involved? I knew I could talk to people and yeah. articulate ideas, um, but I knew that I had no experience doing it in that fashion, and that number two, my abil- my exercise science knowledge was lacking yeah. that I needed to learn more if I was going to do that in a serious way for other people. Mm-hmm. So I embarked on um, studying for the National Strength and Conditioning Association test. Yep. Um, at the same time that all that was happening, we found friendship oh, nice. and started to come into that. And yep. then, then I really started to see the light where mm-hmm. like, this is, this is where it's at. This is what everybody should be doing in one form or another and this is what we're designed to do it couldn't be more basic yeah Uh, so it's funny how the world kind of conspires like that right? yeah and it's amazing when you look back uh, everything has a purpose yeah everything you you can't see the 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 chart of dots in front of you but you most certainly can look behind you yeah and see how they all connected and see how this thing you don't do anymore was integral in yeah. what you're doing now or what you think you're going to do. Yeah, it's those, those two-hour drives, if you didn't have that freedom of thought, if you didn't have that forced boredom, I guess you could say, right, then would your mind have been able to connect the dots and get to that conclusion if your commute was 10 minutes, right? Yeah. Would you have even had the conversation with your friend? Would you have even been indulging in having that long of a conversation with your friend right and then i think so that's the stuff for me that's like it's always kind of crazy to think about you're just like that i had i absolutely had to be in a position where i was driving two hours so that i could do x and y and z so that i could come to that conclusion it's like if i didn't have that i don't know if i would have come there yeah literally um and then also seeing some of the 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 dark sides of the brewing industry and yep. the effect that it can have on people and, and knowing that number one, I didn't want that to happen to me. And number two, that 
wouldn't it be nice if you if you could shield other people from that? You yeah. Kind of siphon them off in another direction. Um, so we found friendship. Um, I started doing personal training at a conventional gym, at a regular gym. Yeah. And slowly uh, kind of getting some battle scars with that and trying to figure that out and making mistakes and having things that worked yep. and, and all that stuff and also learning a little bit more about the business side of it and starting to have conversations with you about about kind of the path forward. Yep. Um, and it, at that point, I just just continually fell like farther in love with it, like looking forward to that yeah. all day. Yeah. And... Um, just having those times working with people be my favorite part of the day and watching their successes coming off of medication and losing weight and going from not being able to do really basic human movements to doing them with relatively heavy external loads like yeah. these things that are like tremendously gratifying yeah um, and you realize that that's 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 your bag. That's yeah. your game. That's yeah. what you need to be doing. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, I, I love when you have that, that thing that like you get to look forward to all day. Like that's always, when I think back about like the most excited I ever was, was like when it was, we had this new fresh facility and fresh faces and new people all the time. Everybody was new. Everybody was growing. And it's like, you just, you just couldn't wait to get to the gyms. Like I can't, I can't be there soon enough. Yeah. So uh, so that's awesome that you kind of had that experience and now you've had the experience of going from the one-on-one stuff where it was, you know, it was you just dialed in with a person for a half hour, an hour, and then now you've switched and swung and we've started to get you in front of the groups, which is cool. I mean, obviously, you know, I have, I, I kind of overprotect the people who actually get the opportunity to come in and coach in front of a group at Friendship, right? Uh, that's something that I that I hold really near and dear to my heart. Um, but I wanted to also see, um, you know, as you started to come into that, how is that how is that change up playing with you? Is that have you found that challenging, or is that something that you've like kind of been looking forward to sinking your teeth into? So, well, let me first say that without sounding too silly, it is. It is not something that one takes lightly to be able to coach. Uh, number one, because of the quality of coaching, and and that it's that it is a fairly rarefied group. And number two, when you take taking seriously uh, that people are looking to you for direction, yeah. um, and that you you know people are paying to be there, and that you need to hold, there's a standard, a high one yeah. that needs to be held up. Yeah. So that was the first thing I thought of is like, you better, thinking to myself, like, you better not screw this up. <laughs> yeah, don't fuck up. You better, yeah. be, better be ready to roll mm-hmm. all the time. Um, there are there are definitely things that you have to consider in terms of the level of detail you go into. Yeah. With your with a one-on-one person, especially someone who's new to exercise, you're going into a lot of detail. Yep. Um, and that's not always appropriate in a class, in a group setting. Yeah. We have, you know, maybe people in the group have been coming to the, you know, have been doing CrossFit for six years. Yeah. They, they don't necessarily need you to give the points of performance on yeah. a deadlift. Yeah, exactly. However, there may be people who, for that, for whom that is beneficial. Yeah. So I think it's striking the balance between the two. Yeah. Of making sure that everybody's on the same page, but maybe, um, when we break off and we start to warm up, seeking out that latter group 
yeah. and making sure that they feel comfortable. Yep. Um, I think the 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 part that was immediate and natural. It's like uh, putting on a pair of pants that you haven't worn for for a, a, nearly a decade. Yeah. And you put them on, and it's and it's like, yep. Yeah. It it was being in front of people in that setting yeah. there was there was something in me that had been hibernating yeah and then when it wakes up you can just feel it like yeah, you're you back can, back at the whiteboard you're yeah. back you were probably a chalkboard they, it was know. a whiteboard was it nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so no it was this it was it was that feeling um that you're not to overstate it but that you're back to like what you're what you're designed to do yeah what your vocation is yep yeah, that's really cool. And I mean, I think it's uh, it's been fun. I think the, the thing that's so funny is now having experienced so many different coaches coming in, you know, you can kind of start to put people in buckets as to what they're going to struggle with or what's going to be challenging for them. And the group setting brings all different sorts of challenges, right? And like you said, it's it's the variety of athletes, right? Especially in our facility, it was, it was different when we were new because everybody's new. And then that, that's you you kind of cater the facility to that right but when you have eight-year veterans and you know eight-day people coming in into the same class that that provides such a huge difference a range of you know coaching necessities that um, that that's it can be a huge challenge for people but I think it's funny to see just like with programming stuff uh, there's a whole new lot of of issues with regards to timing attentiveness um, control and and all these other things that i think like can kind of throw you at it's like a big curveball and like the yeah. first couple times you know you can't expect your first couple times seeing a curveball you're not hitting home runs right like you can't you can't expect to even make contact like they throw you for a loop and you just swing and whiff and you probably like have that over like confident swing where like you just fall over um, uh, you know, but I think for you, I think, you know, you did a phenomenal job when you first started coming in coaching, but, um, you know, one of the things that we really focused on was, um, you know, you, you love, you had this passion for teaching and coaching. And so we were like, all right, you got to take it. Like, it's got to be a little more succinct, right? Dial it, <laughs> dial it back a little bit. So that's awesome. Cause I think that that's been, been fun and you've brought a new, kind of thing and I participated in your hero Monday this week because there's been a buzz about you prepping <laughs> the community for hero Monday and so I wanted to kind of see what that was all about uh, so tell me a little bit about what spurred that on and what you've kind of been doing for the evening classes as it pertains to like hero workouts so I think it's probably a, a multi-pronged set of reasoning yeah at the most basic level i want people to have fun i want them to get the best workout that they possibly can in an hour i want it to be the best hour of their day and i want it to be something that they look forward to yeah. and for me i think a hero workouts are by and large fun yeah they tend to be a little longer they tend to be challenging like it, it's it's a fun way to spend an afternoon or an oh, evening yeah. or a morning. Yep. So that's one element of it. Um, and I think remembering why hero workouts exist, yeah. that we have the privilege of getting to come and exercise and hang out with your friends yeah. and be healthy and other people don't, yeah. um, is something that, that 
we don't have to be morbid about, but something that's worth bearing in mind. Yeah. Um, well, and you can even take that at different ends. Like other people don't for other reasons also. I mean, yeah. physical incapacity, you know, or, or even just lack of awareness. Like they just don't know that they need to be more physically active or, you know, lack of a good financial situation or lack of a decent CrossFit gym in their, in their community. Like, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of different things that like, that sort of have to align and that are all things to be thankful for for it. So I think you're spot on with that. Yeah. And so, and I just want, uh, there's that moment when you have gone through something physically arduous, that you have that big dopamine release and you feel unbelievable and you realize like, that's what we're meant to do. Yeah. This is what we are quite literally designed to do. Yep. Um, and you're never more alive than you are at that moment. That yep. You are in round three of five of this brutal kettlebell swing burpee double under nightmare <laughs> yeah. and your heart rate's jacked and you're, you know, you feel vaguely sick. Yeah. Like, you're never more alive than in that point. Yeah. And so I wanted to try to convey that to people. Yeah. So... Um, I just think about it throughout the day yeah. and think about what kind of gets me going and, and gives me goosebumps a little bit. Yeah. And then I want to, I just, it, I don't try to be like overly um, like hyperbolic about it. I just want them to have that same feeling and I yeah. want them to be juiced and ready to light the afterburner yeah. when it, when it comes time. Yeah. I, and I mean, I think it's awesome. I think that, uh, you know, it gets easy to come in every day. You know, I check the block I go home, you know, it's like, and you just kind of go in and it, it's easy to get into autopilot, but I think sometimes it's really fun to think about how to get back to the roots. I mean, the roots of, of CrossFit, the roots of our own like being, if you want to go that far. But like, you know, I think that's, that's spot on when you think about some of the things where you feel like you said the most alive are things that are, are scary or overly difficult, super challenging. You're not sure if you can do them. But I think sometimes people get in the boat of like they show up, they throw their keys in, they check in, they pop in, they start warming up and they just knock the class out and then they go home. But like, you know, if I can get you into the mentality to go 10% harder, 15% harder, now your experience has gone from checking the block to like a visceral, memorable experience. Yeah. And that's one of the things you'll start to find for people who have done, you know, CrossFit for a long enough period of time where they can really tap into that intensity and they have a couple workouts where they've gone that extra 10 or 15%. They maybe had never gone there before. You'll remember that workout like forever. You know, like I think there's, a, I mean, a dozen experiences in my mind where like I've like actively trying to take something out so hard because of that exact reason. Like I want this to be an experience, not just another day. And it sticks with you forever. And I think that that's something that's so cool. Like if you really think about that, you're like, I can, I have communications with people sometimes about my workout experience, like three or four years ago. And the person will be like, Oh man, yeah, I remember that day. It was like the unknowns Memorial day, 2013. It was like the hottest day of all time. And I ended up having to tap out and I ended up in uh, what at the time was like a back room where we had the lights turned off with an ice pack on my forehead for like 45 minutes because I tried to take the 21 wall climbs and I really wanted to get those done like under four minutes. Usually they take me like five, right? And so I was trying really hard to go under four, but I ended up just totally throttling myself. I got into the Curtis P's and just had to shut it down because I was so destroyed. 
And like, but that was, that was the experience that I was sort of trying to invoke with that. Um, but you know, you have that shared commonality between other people who have similar experiences with the unknowns and, and you can just be like, yep, I know I've been there. Like, and we have this kind of shared, shared suffering, but at the same time I look back now and it's like, it was miserable going through it, but you're just like, just like you said, it's like to even have the capability to be able to do a wall climb, like it's just so cool. Now you see it and it's like, I'm just thankful that I was healthy enough to be able to do it at that point and push that hard and do those things. So, um, so I think it's cool. I think it's, it's helped me, you have helped me kind of come back into like getting juiced and feeling excited about it. And I took out Mondays, like first round, like pretty hard, real like, fast, as fast, yeah. as fast as I could. <laughs> and like in my head, I'm doing like the third round of double unders and I started to get a little floppy. My back's like, my shoulders are on fire. And, uh, immediately like your mind goes to that place of like, Oh shit. Like I, you know, let's, let's see if I can hang on. Like that's, that was stupid. Let's see what I got. And then, then I just like in my head, it's like, Nope. Like the whole goal here, just see, like the goal is to see how hard I can make this like, and your effort dictates how hard it actually is. Yeah. And so I, I try to take that mentality with it. Now it's like, the whole goal of why I'm here, why I'm doing this is to make it as difficult as I possibly can for the next 15 to 18 to 20 minutes, right? That's the goal of today. And the only way that I can make it harder now, I can't choose a heavier weight, right? I can't do, we're not doing burpees over a box. We're not going to do triple unders, right? There's nothing that's going to be harder in that capacity. So the only way that I can make it harder is force myself to have less than a five second transition to pick up the kettlebell less than a five second transition to do my first burpee and then less than a five second transition to pick my double under rope up and like push in that capacity. Um, and I think that that was kind of, that was the fun of Monday for me is like, that was what you challenged us to. And that was, that was what I tried to accomplish. Right. It got hard at the end. <laughs> it was like yeah. that last set of double unders, I picked it up after, and I started after four seconds and I think I got like two. And then I got like to 11 and then I was like, all right, I got to take a breath. <laughs> it's like, this is going to take forever. If that magic moment where you forget how to do them for yeah, a minute. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that was such like, I was like a jumping and doing like this, like uh like dolphin flip kick thing. Like I was so sloppy and it was just falling apart. So, um, but I had a lot of fun doing it and I think it's been a cool, like hero Mondays have been fun period. Um, but I think, you know, you've added that extra element to the PM group and, you know, Monday at 6.30 p.m., like, that's kind of a hard time. Like, I mean, it's not like Mondays are Mondays, especially in the fall when the weather starts getting colder and stuff and, you know, people are coming off the weekend and they're trying to just, you know, get that workout in on their way home from work a lot of times. And um, I think it's been cool to see that, like, you've sort of grown the excitement around the class. You've had really good attendance around it. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of feedback that people enjoy it also. So it's really cool. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I, and I appreciate them feeling that way. Uh, and that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Like the goal, Marie and I were talking about this. And uh, the goal a lot of times when you're trying to get people juiced is I want them to come out. Maybe ultimately like what would be in a competition too hard yeah. and too fast. And that's kind of the point. Yep. Like, I want you to not game it a little bit. Yeah. I want you to see where that point is. Yep. Where maybe you you go beyond the red line a little bit. Yeah. And you that now you know where the red line is. Yeah. If you are always Johnny strategy. Yeah. You're probably never going to find your true yeah. maximum capacity. Well, and does it make you nervous? Like that's yeah. when I always tell people. It's like you know that you'll see. My favorite day is is Fran and just watching Star Fox. 
just watch him come in the facility and then when it comes fran time watch him in the background he starts pacing he starts getting this like cold sweat starts getting caught in, just thinking about it right because he knows he's going to try to pr he knows where he's going to push himself and he starts to get nervous just thinking about it. it's the way i am with 500 meter rows it's like the only way that i do 500 meter row is like real casual i'm just gonna pop into class today and see what happens like that's it like because if i think about it if i if i start to hear the coach talk about how hard you have to push and how much it's gonna hurt and all this stuff i'm just like that's i like i'm gonna get so nervous i'm gonna start the workout at like 180 heart rate and then it's just like that's a train wreck right so i have to do what i can to like keep my heart rate down but that's why i tell people all the time it's like if if anything if we can provide you with anything i want to at the very least provide you with the one thing it's going to make you a little nervous this week. Like if we look at your week, if it's like, you know, let's say you work in like the financial sector, let's say you're a teacher. It's like, what do you have to look forward to? That's really going to make you super nervous, right? Especially if you're a teacher of 10 or 15 years, it's like, especially a history teacher. It's like, Styled in. you're kind of teaching the same stuff, yeah. you know? And it's like, so I'm not going to get nervous about the new lecture that I'm going to be doing or this new material, right? Um, you know, the kids are, are kind of kids. They probably don't make you too nervous anymore after a certain time. Like, you know how to be authoritarian and keep them in line and you know how to be, you know, um, kind when you need to be kind. But, and then same thing, like family life and all those things, like not a lot of that stuff's going to make you nervous. Right. So unless you're going out of your way on vacations and stuff to like, you know, Hey, we're going to go like ATVing in the desert. Right. Which isn't what a lot of people do in my experience. You know, this is something that you can add into your life. That's going to give you that opportunity to feel a little bit of nerves and accomplish some goals. And that's what I love about it. So. Yeah. I think that I really saw that for the first time during the open. Yeah. Where you have people who are normally very gregarious. Yeah. Happen to see you chatting, joking around and people aren't saying anything. Yeah. Everybody is super serious. Yep. Quietly warming up, yep. like maybe we can share bars, yeah. maybe. But I'm I'm just gonna keep working yeah. up, like yeah. a total and not in a mean way. No. Just in this very intense, it's focused, very yeah. focused, very intentional yeah. way. And I love that yeah. because it is purely for yourself. It yep. is purely intrinsic that yep. you want to do as well as you can for yourself. Yep. No one else is gonna remember your time. Nobody else is gonna remember that you failed rep 15 on the thrusters. Like nobody's going to remember. Yep. Only you. Yep. And people are just maxed out in yep. terms of, of their thinking. And I like, to me, that's, you can't brush over that. Like it's yeah. so special and so cool yep. uh, that you have a community of people that are, are that dialed in. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's, there's probably about maybe 25% of people that are actually interested in like competition but I do think it's something that's like, and it doesn't have to be CrossFit competition. It can be a 5K. It can be a triathlon. It can be whatever you want. Um, but that's why I try to get people into signing up for it and doing that stuff. Sign up for the Open so easy. You're going to come, like, you're probably going to come to the facility anyway. You know what I mean? You're, you're already doing the workouts. And, you know, this time it might be, you know, to a standard. You might be judged. There might be a couple other things that change. But for the most part we do workouts that are harder than the open workouts on any given day, harder in quotes, yeah. right? Harder. Uh, but you're going to push so hard on those open workouts that they will always be the hardest workouts that you've done. And so I like to, like you said, I mean, I like to see people in that atmosphere. I like to see how they react. I like to see how they are. You know, you get this, you know, loud verbose, you know, so, so social person, you know, Monday through Friday, 
Saturday comes in, all of a sudden, they've got headphones on. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the back. Saying a word to yep, anybody. exactly. And so it's like, and you just kind of see this, this uh, you know, alternative person come out. And just like you said, I think it's cool because it's ultimately, you know, like you said, it's nobody, nobody really cares about how you are doing as much as you do, you know. Yeah. And it's like, it is. It's just... It's just the nerves and the excitement for you to do well for yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really cool. So, um, so we've come on to coaching and we've done that. And, and somewhere along the lines, um, you know, while you were going through uh, the NASC certification, the CrossFit certification, coaching, all that stuff, I think you really started to learn that, like, you have this huge passion for exploring new training opportunities right and so this kind of led us down the path of you know functional bodybuilding and functional bodybuilding is something that you i think took to number one because you're really into being carved out of wood like you want to (laughs) be you want to be just like omar jacked all the time doesn't everybody yeah i don't know yeah i mean i you know i you you think so um and maybe until they realize that, like, uh, getting that level is, like, you know, 20% genetics, 80% nutrition, and, <laughs> like... He's probably not the target you want to shoot for. Yeah, Because exactly. that that's unrealistic. Yeah, exactly, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he hasn't... He's done nothing but look better, and, like, yeah, I don't even know how to explain it, so... But I've always, you know, I've always prided myself on, uh, you know, trying to be very intentional with my training. And I think that functional bodybuilding, when I came across it, which is maybe it started a year and a half, maybe 18 months ago, something along those lines, maybe two years ago. Actually, my, yeah, as I think back, like we started doing it probably around the, that 2016 training year. And, uh, and I really like bang for your buck, which I think functional bodybuilding is fantastic for. Yeah. So why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, how you came on to functional bodybuilding and, uh, and then we'll start kind of diving into what functional bodybuilding is. And then the rest of our cast will be kind of talking about functional bodybuilding. Okay. So uh, I think the origin for me is just having done, having worked out in a conventional gym uh, for the better part of two decades, really. And in my parents' basement before that, doing without realizing it, yeah. even lifting weights for wrestling all the way back um, to what they were doing with us uh, was effectively, I was just doing bodybuilding movements yep. without just not realizing that there were other things yeah. that one could possibly do yeah. in the weight room. That, that This was it. Yeah. Um, and I always really, I was one of those weirdos, probably because I wasn't ever the best on the team or even in the top tier. I was always a grinder. Yeah. So I really liked practice. Yeah. I love wrestling practice. And I really liked off-season training. I probably ultimately grew to like off-season training more than like playing the sport yeah and i just liked it yeah um and and so that was the origin of of going to the gym and working out i was certainly doing basically only bodybuilding movements then hack squats and bench presses and curls (laughs) um and that evolved over time um you discover that that probably isn't the best path to health and fitness or at least uh being functional yeah so um as I learned a little bit more about exercising and what one should strive for, moved away from that into more like powerlifting stuff. And then of course, CrossFit. And to me, when I discovered functional bodybuilding, I think that like the thing that always keeps popping up in my head is it ticks all the boxes. Yeah. So you can be strong, 
but not mobile. Yep. You can be mobile, but not strong. Yep. You could be both of those, but have no stability. Yep. And, and functional bodybuilding hits all of that stuff. Yeah. And in terms of looking, um, there's an aesthetic element that I'm sure we'll talk about, but, uh, in terms of being able to work out, not for the next four years, but for the next four decades or six decades or, or the rest of your life to me, this sort of thinking has to play a role. Yeah. If you're going to avoid injury, if you're going to continue to be able to move well and be strong and be um, live independently and all that kind of stuff, uh, the ability to control your body and space in tempo is critical. So the more I learned about it, the more it's like, oh, this this is this is something. And I it's it's really interesting too because I think it it. You talked about like the roots of CrossFit with like hero workouts a little bit. I yeah. think in many ways, functional bodybuilding strikes back. If you read the early journal articles, yeah, the, it, it 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 draws on that. Yeah, there's not a big difference because yeah. it's all based on good movement, and I think that's the the foundation of of what we're going to talk about. Yeah, and I mean, I think the you know the biggest thing is you know CrossFit is something that was I mean it was it was industry changing right and. You know, now, like, our first, our goal when we first started, the first three to four years was everybody who walked in the doors, we had to tell them what CrossFit was. Like, we had to, it was information. Have you ever heard of CrossFit? Have you ever tried CrossFit, right? And just universally, no, no. Never heard of it, never tried it, don't know what it is, right? And so now, it's almost the exact opposite, right? Yep, definitely heard of it, probably tried it. And so now it's more like, you know, a discussion of how has it, how has it gotten better since 2013, 14, which I think the coolest part is the amount of experts that operate at a really high level that have found their way into CrossFit coaching or having, I guess, a a piece of the puzzle in terms of the conversation of how to properly train. And, you know, there's guys that are real popular now, Chris Hinshaw, and, um, you know, Ben Bergeron, some of those guys, obviously, and they all have backgrounds that are very specific that they've now used that background to make CrossFit training better. But one of those guys was James Fitzgerald. And James Fitzgerald, a lot of people don't know, is he's sort of the, we'll call him the grandparent of functional bodybuilding, but he is, he's the first CrossFit Games champion. And so, uh, if we're really going to blast back, this is what's so funny and how things come full circle. Uh, when I first started training in the garage, right? So after I got done with the army, after I got done only doing Cindy on repeat all the time, and I found out there was more to CrossFit, there was a blog online called the Big Dogs Blog, right? And this is maybe 2008, 2009 timeframe. And it was, it's it was this like, crappy Canadian forum slash blog. And uh, it was just like, it reminds me of like a GeoCity site, like from like 1990, right? It was just super crappy. But it was the first online training blog uh, for like higher level, right? So it was the only thing available that wasn't CrossFit.com online at the time. And so I'd found this and you know oh how cool the guy who won the crossfit games the fittest man in the world is now going to be posting what he does for training and then his philosophy around that and so i hopped on and that was the first 
real program that I ever followed. And so like all my old training journals, which are up over here, it's like that was all James Fitzgerald creating the Big Dogs blog. And when you look back now, it's really funny because a ton of stuff was done in tempo. It was very traditional. It was it was the beginnings of what has become sort of functional bodybuilding, what has become competitive training and what everybody else has sort of adopted. And so what you kind of look at with that is James Fitzgerald started down the path and he hired Mike Lee. And one of Mike Lee's athletes was Marcus Philly. And Marcus Philly's kind of your boy. And he yeah. is the father of functional bodybuilding. Um, so kind of tell me about how how you came across him and then how that kind of took hold a little bit maybe in your training, your application, and then um, and then kind of where that now has taken your further education on this. So I think it, it all ha- it happened in tandem. When we were going through squat cycle, I was becoming more and more um, interested yeah. in functional bodybuilding and really starting to delve into it in a more than... Um, surface level way yeah and so at the same time that i was learning more about it i was we were we were inadvertently also practicing it and engaging in it um specifically with tempo stuff with pausing and and using that as um a form of intensity yep and also looking at improving positions um which in one form or another almost everybody has yep have something they can improve um so i looked into Functional bodybuilding more, and his story is is I think probably not dissimilar from most people who who engage in our sport yep. or who participate in CrossFit. Yep. Whereas at some level you get a little banged up, and you maybe have an injury or two, and you and the root of the injury injury is not the movement. The root of the injury is your movement. Yes, exactly. And your positioning, which is maybe suboptimal. Our apologies for Maria not taking Blitz out of the house and her having yet another large role in our podcast. But as I was told the other day, the real highlight of the background part of the podcast is the animals in my life. So um, it makes so it real. It does. Yeah, it brings it, it brings it home. I guess that's the downside of doing a podcast at home with Maria renovating and not having doors anywhere. So, um, but anyway, yeah. Where you're going, right? What we were talking about is the uh, your movement, right? Your dysfunction, and it's it's just a matter of it's a matter of time, right? It's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. If you have dysfunction in your body, at some point, the repetition, the loading, or even just you getting you know something off the top shelf, or pulling the vacuum cleaner out of the closet, or you know jogging for a couple of minutes that dysfunction is going to take a hold of you and so enter functional bodybuilding with helping fix that yeah so uh marcus philly crossfit games athlete multiple times at the highest level of that sport had the same problem that we all have whereas he was banged up his movement in some cases though it was you know generally excellent was still suboptimal and he was feeling the effects of that so through that, he and Mike Lee effectively developed functional bodybuilding, yep. which is, in its most basic sense, designed to be sort of like what you could consider off-season training, but yep. it's all movement-focused, much slower. Yep. So so in thinking about, like I guess, the most basic level, the difference between functional bodybuilding and like Arnold Schwarzenegger 
getting unbelievably jacked and getting up on stage bodybuilding, conventional bodybuilding is functional bodybuilding is um, not isolation movements. Yep. So we think about bodybuilding, we think about curls, we think about tricep mat, extensions, tricep extensions yeah. we think about yeah, doing that stuff that, that has limited application in the rest of life and is isolation stuff. Yep. Per, usually performed at a pretty high intensity, high yep. rep range. To failure. To yep. failure, yeah. Functional bodybuilding are the things that we already do. Squatting, deadlifting, pressing overhead, um, dips, yep. pull-ups, all that stuff that is already a part, a steady part of our diet generally with an emphasis on some kind of tempo yep. often eccentric tempo yep. so slow lowers think. Yep. Um, and then with an hyper focus on movement so time it compared to regular crossfit where time is a component in the sense that we're often trying to go fast yep. we're doing uh, the intensity part is related to pacing yep. Uh, time in functional bodybuilding is generally the rest interval. So yep. it's still used as a stimulus, right? Because you can lower that rest interval or make it longer and yeah. that changes the stimulus. But um, we're not doing anything in functional bodybuilding for time yep. other than the tempo part. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, uh, you know, the thing that I always equated it to is if you're playing in the NFL, right, your practice isn't going 100% and guys banging each other as hard as they possibly can and giving each other concussions and going across the middle, you know, Monday through Thursday, right? It's walkthroughs. It's doing things at a slower tempo so that the mind learns the capability of that actual movement, of that repetition, so that when we go game pace, right, when we are actually on a Sunday and we have to go against the other team, we have that capability kind of ingrained in the back of our mind, like that muscle memory is there. And so I think that's kind of where, you know, the, the idea behind functional bodybuilding is, is it will allow you to go harder. It will allow you to be stronger and handle those weights. If you can handle a deadlift at, you know, 315 for a 10 second lower in perfect position, doing 21 reps at 225, isn't necessarily going to phase you, right? It's going to be something that you are well under control on. And so, you know, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the initial awareness during squat cycle. What was it that we were doing that was like, like, you know, I, I think I know exactly in my head where I think where I struggled with it. Um, but what was it where you noticed like, this is super challenging, but there is a huge tangible benefit to what's happening here. And then you became aware of the fact that like, hey, we're actually just kind of doing this functional bodybuilding stuff. Yeah. So I, there were there were a few light bulb moments for me. The first one was doing tempo squats. So tempo being potentially three second lower, also potentially three seconds up. Yeah. There was a particular Saturday. Um, and looking at the programming, it did not look hard. It almost looked like you were giving us like effectively a rest day, yeah. like an easy day. Yeah. Because it's it was fifty percent back sweat. It might have been less than that. It might have been like thirty five percent, like a very light weight. Yeah. And we're just gonna do some pause squats. And you're like, oh, he's just gonna cut us a break. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> um, and it was, I think it was three second lower. It might have even been five. 
three or five second lower, yeah. three or five second pause at the bottom, and yeah. then the kicker, the really the thing that brings tears to your eyes, yeah. is the three to five second coming back up, yep. concentric. Yep. Because that is really just where you want to spring up. Yep. You want to, you are finished being in the bottom. You just want to get done, and you can't. You yep. have to go slow. And I remember doing it, and really just trying to hold it together. Yeah. You know, like you're facing other people. There's a lot of you know. You just don't want to like you don't want to fail. Yeah. You don't want to fail one fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and you're just trying to not not lose it. And you yeah. realize this is you can feel your positioning. Yep. In every part. You can feel if your heels come up. You can feel if your knees aren't where they need to be. Yep. Or if you're hinging forward with your back. And you start to realize in the aftermath, like, this is... And then you're unbelievably sore. Yeah. And you you just... It becomes so apparent that that is an unbelievable stimulus that hits seven different things. Yep. In a way that doing... Five by five back squats at eighty yep. percent doesn't hit, or yep. one rep maxing. Um, yep. So that was one element. Another element was uh, one of the last days we did five second pause front squat in the bottom, with as, ba- as basically as much as you can. Yep. Uh, it was it was start with I think what you did for ten at the beginning, and once you eclipse that, just keep putting on weight effectively until you fail. Yeah. And I remember. That that the requirement of be holding tension in the bottom because you just can't bottom out and just sit down there and wait. Yeah. You have to have a lot of tension in your whole system, and then the tremendous absolute strength that it takes to go from a dead stop. Yeah, you can't bounce. You can't yeah. use any of your Olympic lifting tricks yep. to bounce yourself up and use momentum. You are at a dead stop, and you're just going to use brute strength yep. to get yourself back up or yep. you're not yep and i it, it became apparent at that point um that this was there was something special though it was so simple yeah there was there was some cool stuff to be to be utilized and there. so it's fun that you that's where you go because because uh, i go to a different thing right and so um so i love seeing that and i think the cool part that i love about that is it is the great equalizer right you have people where you struggle with mobility Right. But you are very stable. Right. So I'm watching you do it and you're struggling because it's putting you in a position mobility wise that is very challenging for your body. Right. And so then your body, because mobility wise, you're not able to just chill out down there. Your body, every muscle is working overtime to gain ability and awareness in this new and uncomfortable place and position that our body just hasn't spent a lot of time in. And then if we look on the opposite end of the spectrum, we look at like an Amanda or a Rachel, they are experiencing a totally different thing, right? And it's purely, they have this unbelievable mobility and they're just able to chill down in the bottom. But now all of a sudden we get them into this slow lower and slow eccentric, and they're, they're kind of bouncers, right? They like to bounce. And so they're experiencing this totally different stimulus. And so those days for them, like I'll never forget Rachel just being like, this is the, like, there's no weight on the bar. This is the hardest thing I've ever done since I've been here. And it's like, yeah, and it has the most value to you. Why do we need to worry about getting better at 200 pounds when we still have all this work that we can accomplish at 55 pounds, right? Or, you know, it's at worrying about squatting 400 when doing 135 for these tempo lowers is is accomplishing the exact same thing, right? With a much lower chance of injury. And just like you said, 
um, a very potent and impactful stimulus. So I love the I love the barbell stuff for that. But what I love more than anything is I love getting two like misweighted kettlebells up in a front rack position and then having people do like Bulgarian split squats or <sighs> step backs off. And so the one day I'll never forget and that this was my favorite thing is in I love when people underestimate my programming. Like I love it. That's my favorite thing in the world. Like just walking in for a day and I coach and I know what I'm writing up on the board and it just looks so like oh yeah, like okay, cool, we've done this. But like when I was combining tempo squats, tempo back squats with Bulgarian split squat, double kettlebell front rack lunge work. Terrifying. And <laughs> people would be in the middle of this experience. And it it hits you in this way that like you just – you have no concept of why your heart rate is jacked. You're sweating. You are, you are just – I mean you have a deep sweat burning – and I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, yeah, we do we do CrossFit and we get our heart rate up really high and all that stuff. But, like, it's a totally different end of fitness for your muscles to be able to hold and stabilize in these positions for really 20 minutes almost back to back. If you're doing, like, every 90, every 90. Um, and, like, <laughs> the first couple of days that we did that, just walking into this, like, environment and just seeing people after, like, a couple rounds, they start, like, looking out of the side of their eye a little bit, like is everybody else struggling as much as I am right now? Cause it's like, and then by like round four, you start seeing like, there's a couple of people that just submit and they're just like, Oh, just start making noises. Their faces are bright purple and they start talking about it. And now it's like a verbalized thing. And everyone's like, yeah, this is like the fucking hardest thing we've ever done. Yeah. Um, but I, that, that concept of instability and then forcing stability. So we use, two kettlebells they're different weights we put them in a front rack or we hold them by our side whatever it's going to be that makes the core work this way right and then we're going to put your back foot up on an elevated surface and then we're going to make you go down through a lunge and you have to have control the whole time that is something where it's like man if you can do that like you can kind of do anything you know what i mean yeah. if, if i've put a barbell on your back and you can go through an eccentric lower then you can do these kettlebell bar, bulgarian split squats and all this stuff like everything else becomes comically easy right because this these are the hardest positions you can be in with the most uncomfortable external loads that you can possibly get um and, the, and when we did it with sandbags and we did it with all kinds of other stuff too yeah. and i think that that's where um there's so much value there and that's really what functional bodybuilding is is providing it's like sneaky value right it's like it's there you know it's going to be challenging but it's hitting you in this way that like you don't necessarily know why it's so challenging. Yeah. So, and that's what I think the big difference between bodybuilding is, right? If we yeah. do bodybuilding superset, we do bench press and tricep pushdowns or something like you don't get that stimulus at all. Like you don't no. feel that way at all. That that exhaustion of your core and your hips and all that stuff having to work overtime. So that's where the functional of the functional bodybuilding I feel like really comes in is that capability for it. Um, and so, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, how being able to control at slower paces and in harder positions will help you in inside of CrossFit. But, you know, for you, let's talk just a little bit about how 
you know, from a mobility standpoint and some of those kinds of things, like how else do you feel like it carries over into the actual practice of CrossFit? So I think that maybe the biggest thing is awareness of where your holes are. So for me, like you said, generally pretty stable, not, not super mobile. Yeah. Um, it, especially with certain positions. So it became very apparent to me when we were holding those positions, like, I, boy, my hips are a lot tighter than I thought they were. Yep. That's something I need to work on. Um, certainly with overhead stuff, because you're holding it in these, like, stressed out, often with some external load. Yeah. It just becomes, you can feel it. Yep. Like, there's not a great way to describe that other than the fact that in the moment you're like, oh, okay, we gotta, we need to put this on the list. Yeah. This, yeah. this doesn't work very well. <laughs> um, and I think... That is, like you said, that's one of the great benefits of it is you can see where your inefficiencies are. Yeah. And there's a direct, if you are super stable in the bottom of a front squat, that will absolutely carry over to your squat clean. Yep. There, there is a direct correlation there. Yep. If you are, um, you know, if you can do hollow position eccentric pull-ups. Yep. That is going to help your deadlift. Yep, they are tied together. Yep. Um, so I think that was that that was another light bulb moment for me. That, yeah. that if you can improve things at relatively lightweight, relatively slowly, then when you want to be a big dog and you want to hit some PR, and everybody has different goals, it doesn't yep. really matter what they are because yeah. it's universally applicable. Yep. Um, that's there's a direct carryover. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's the cool part of the carryover process is, is huge. Right. And, but the back end of that then also, and what you found and, and Ryan did a really great seminar for the coaches with this, um, which I loved. I thought you did a fantastic job of it, but let's talk also about how it actually is the best way also to get jacked. Right. So, (laughs) (laughs) So I have a belief I could be wrong that everyone it's not something we want to necessarily talk about. Yeah. People don't necessarily want to come out and say, I would like to look a certain way. Yeah. Because we sort of look down on that a little bit. Yeah. Right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot I of think, times like you get like the, I want to lose 10 pounds. Right. But in reality, what vague. you're saying is. People just want to look better. Yeah. And I think that that's, it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's correlated with yeah. health. Like, why would you not want to look better? Yeah. Everybody does. Everybody wants, wants to feel good on the beach. Yep. Yeah. Um, there is a fun carryover effect with functional bodybuilding, partially because of the rep ranges and partially because of the eccentric movements that make you, that causes hypertrophy, which is causes muscle growth. Um, so there, a fun side benefit is that it, it, if you do it correctly and your nutrition's dialed in and you're intentional about it. It will make you more jacked. Yeah, Marcus Philly being a good example yeah, that he is. If you yeah, if you use Instagram, yeah. he is he never has a shirt on. Yeah, uh, and he is out of this world jacked. Yeah, maybe more impressive to me though, because there are a lot of people who are very muscular. He moves well. Oh yeah, and coined the phrase, and I've been trying for months to think of a better phrase, and there isn't. So I'm just going to steal it from him. Yeah, um, to look good. And move well. Yeah. And to me, I think that typifies it. Like, we yeah. all want to, at some level, look good. Yeah. Just how. And we all want to and need to 
move well yeah. for our long-term health. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the absolute perfect way to put it. And I think the, the most profound piece of that is they are correlated. If you move better, you have this new opportunity to look better also, right? And so if you can get to the point where you're using functional body to improve your movement, and like you said, the other things are happening, the intangibles, the nutrition and stuff, um, then you will inherently look better, right? And the thing that I always kind of talk about, and again, we, you know, we talked about bang for your buck, and this is what I think about all the time. It's like if I go through a full bodybuilding chest and tricep day, that used to take me an hour, right? Let's say, let's say, let's just keep it at an hour, right? For ease sake of the conversation. And I hit two to five actual body parts, right? Uh, with that movement. If I do an hour of functional bodybuilding, I'm hitting every muscle in the body. I'm hitting every joint in the body. It's way more compound and I'm getting an increased effect. Now, obviously when I do bodybuilding, like there are parts of functional bodybuilding, like a lot of people when they do, they'll do curls, they'll do like slow lowers, right? They'll go through slow eccentric movements or same thing with bench press, you'll do tempo lowers and some things along those lines. So they're not totally unique, mm -hmm. but I feel like if we're doing that, like we're getting way more bang for the buck, especially in the core which is where everybody wants to start feeling like they look better, right? Yeah. Is like lower abs and abs, right? And and I think also back goes in, in with that. Like mm -hmm. you can't have jacked abs and then a, a bad looking back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's the area where if I go through, you know, chest, if I go through bench press and tricep day, I'm not necessarily hitting a lot of abs, right? I kind of miss out on that. Mm -hmm. And so the big thing that, you know, I sit down and do consultations with everybody. You've sat in on a consultation with me. It's like, what are you doing right now? It's like, yeah, you know, I just do like, I do back and buys, calf I do chest raises. and tries, I do a lot of calf raises and, uh, you know, and then every day I do some abs, right? And that's what you hear. And the thing that's so, so broken about how people think about abs is somewhere along the lines, people discussed abs as flexion extension, right? And so I do a, you think a sit up, right? Or a V up or a toe to bar or whatever it is. Well, Studies are all back on this, right? The most difficult thing for the core, your ab muscles to do, is stabilize. That's what they are. They are a stabilizing group of muscles, right? They are meant to protect your spine and they are meant to stabilize. They're really not concentric muscles. They're not, they're not flexors, right? Your hip flexors are and there are other move, muscles that intertwine there that are, but they are stabilizers, right? And so like on all these tests and all this stuff, it's really cool. You can start to see, they can attach like all these things and start to see that like a one rep max deadlift and one rep max squat is like 10 times the amount of force of even like a weighted toe to bar, right? Or a strict slow tempo toe to bar, right? You're just not going to be able to have the same stimulus on a core as you will with sitting in a difficult position. So let's take a functional bodybuilding thing. Let's say you sit with two kettlebells in a front rack down in a front squat and then you try to like sots press one of them right which is like the ultimate marcus philly does these it is with like 85 pound dumbbells and i'm like it's mind-blowing people have no concept of how challenging that is and the things that have to be in line for you to be able to do that and not like twist and lean and but that's that's why his core is so jack he doesn't ever really have to do concentric ab exercises to have 
the most jacked abs of all time, right? It's like really you just have to stabilize more consistently. And that's the coolest part of CrossFit. And what, what really was a game changer for me is I was always kind of soft in my, my core. Like I'd never had great abs, anything like that, but I wanted them. And I always just did abs and abs and abs and abs. And I would do half hour of abs six days a week when I was doing bodybuilding stuff. And it's just nothing, right? Just, just no abs showing through. And I get so mad about it. And then it's just like that. I just stopped caring about it. I focused on performance stuff and started doing CrossFit. Got my deadlift, my back squat way up. And then all of a sudden like, poof, hey, there's your abs, right? And you think about, definition and what being jacked is it's twofold right one it's muscle growth right and that's it so if i want my abs to show my abs can either be bigger in terms of they can have more actual tangible like three-dimensional space that they're taking up or i can take the layer of fat off of them and i can be leaner right and a lot of times i mean obviously the best bet is to do both at the same time right, right? yeah um but you know, a lot of times what people are missing if they want to have a better looking core is actually stronger, more developed ab muscles, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's going to do two things. One, that at rest is going to be burning fat in and around that area, right? It's going to be eating up those calories. It's going to be using that because muscle at rest burns more calories, right? And then the, the twofold of that is it's going to be pushing out further, right? And so that's kind of what we think about. It's like people always worry so much about losing weight and eating healthier and doing all these things that those are all fat reduction pieces, right? But instead, if we think and you switch how you think about it, functional bodybuilding can be a great way for you to actually grow this like thick, robust core. And that's kind of what you see. It's like, I always call it the Annie Thoris daughter core. She's just got this like tank of a midsection. And so to me, I think it's so cool. And I also think it's kind of sexy. Like it's on a woman. Like I, I think that that's really cool looking. Um, I'm with but, you. Yeah, she's she is a not unattractive. Lady. Yeah, exactly. And but like, but that's it's such a she's got such a great definition of like a truly functional core. Right? Is like you sit there and you watch her in a squat. And it's just like she's breathing heavy, and her, you can see how hard her abs are working during you know a squat or a deadlift or things like that. So I think that that's what's so cool is it's it's more bang for your buck, right? We can do slow, lower deadlifts, slow, lower squats, and we can be building hips and core and hamstrings, chest and triceps and all these things. But at the same time, we don't have to worry about our core work because it's already kind of being done, right? Mm-hmm. It's already yeah. being focused on by these things. And that's where, again, that's kind of where the functionality comes into it. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think the the big thing that we've kind of talked about is, um, you know, and this will be the unveiling, is trying to think about, you know, how do we implement this at friendship, right? And so tell a little bit about your discussion with the coaches in terms of like, you know, this is already something that we kind of implement. Yeah, so it was super fun to present to the coaches. Like I mentioned earlier, it's 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 a rarefied group. Everybody in the room is are people that I have a lot of respect for. So I was really excited to be up in front of everyone and, and talk about this. And it was even more exciting because I saw both in squat cycle and in regular class and in working with one-on-one with people, often people who have like training age of zero, just starting out, how unbelievably effective this was at getting them stronger, more stable, all that stuff. Moving safer all at the same time, kicking all the boxes. Um, So as opposed to presenting this like... (laughs) some brand new thing that nobody had ever heard of. I presented it as it's, this is something that we already do. Yeah. 
we did it yesterday. Yep. You know, like, so when you, those pieces where we're doing, uh, you know, pull-ups with a four-second lower. Yeah. When we're doing, you know, half-kneeling shoulder press with yep. a focus on having your bicep end by your ear yep. and, and being in a really good position, keeping your ribs in. Yep. A lot of the stuff we do in gymnastics is really heavily focused on position. Yep. Um, we already do this stuff. Mm-hmm. We already do a ton of it. And I think there's tremendous benefit to people just doing it with intention. Yeah. Not only in terms of being healthier, but also being able to move through workouts more efficiently. If you move inefficiently, it's like having a door open in the wintertime or in the heat of summer. Yeah. Your house may still be temperate, yeah. but you are bleeding energy. Yep, exactly. And there's probably a better way to do it. <laughs> yeah. And that was, I think that was the overarching thing is that um, this benefits everyone in one form or another and that it's something that we're already doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And so, you know, one of the big things that we're going to work towards getting going this winter, like we're always looking for, you know, the winter's a tough time for people, right? It's a tough time for, uh, to get motivated to come in. It's a tough time to think about, you know, nutrition and everybody always focuses on their body in the summer. But I've always told people your body is built between November through February, right? If you are poor with your nutrition, you're not consistent in the gym throughout those winter months, well, you're going to put on that winter little coat that kind of hugs around your yeah. core, and then you got to work overtime in the summer to get rid of it. But if you're really diligent, if you're super consistent throughout that November through you know February time frame, that is going to just set you up for huge success when you start getting to the point where like we want to get outside and take our shirt off and, and be more active and um, you know do things where we're excited to come to the gym because you know we know it's like going to be sunny and fun in those things and like the the energy always picks up so we think about in the winter what are things that we can do to help that to promote that right and so we're going to start a functional bodybuilding class on sundays yeah. and uh you know i know uh coach ryan's going to take the head of it but I know Coach Andy's really excited because he wants to be a little more jacked. Two-headed monster. <laughs> Two-headed monster. And so, um, and I'm sure Omar is going to be a piece of it. But, you know, we, uh, you know, to kind of tell me about what your goals are with the program in terms of, you know, people show up on a Sunday. Um, you know, what are they going to, what, what are going to be your goals for them? So I think probably at the most like thousand foot view, I want everyone who comes to look better yeah. and move well. Yeah, that's it. Super simple. Um, I w- there is no prerequisite to coming. Everybody is going to come into the group with different goals, yep. different things that they're really good at, maybe different things that they could use some work on. Yeah. And we're going to cater it. I'd like to cater it to that. Yeah. Everybody is going to find a stimulus. It's not dissimilar from squat cycle. Yeah. Um, so we're, yeah, come in. And there's, there is something like timelessly fun about putting music on being with your friends yep. and lifting weights. Yeah. Like it's, there's a, like it's timeless. There's yeah. something in our, like our <laughs> lizard brain yeah. that thinks that's super fun. Yeah. For and sure. so that's what we're going to do yeah. is, is we're going to have some programming probably tied into what we're doing in class. Yep. So it won't be just out of left field stuff. Um, we'll come in, we'll work on that. We may have some additional programming uh, throughout the week. Uh, we're going to throw some music on, hang out with your friends, yep. lift weights, look at movement. And then I think one of the coolest parts for me and where this becomes a full circle thing is we have Andy. Yep. 
So a big part of this that you alluded to, yeah. and certainly I think it's a huge part of it, is the nutrition component. Yeah. So you can work really, really, really hard and be super diligent in your time in the gym. But if you eat like garbage, yeah. or even if you eat or rest suboptimally, yeah. you will have suboptimal results. Yep. So I think what the, the wonderful advantage that we have that's going to turbocharge people towards getting to whatever endpoint they want to get to is Andy. Yeah. And, and you started working with Andy, right? Yeah. 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 We, we, Andy and I have this like ongoing, very friendly conversation about like high carb and low carb yeah. and what makes sense. And, yeah. and I have tremendous respect for Andy and he's become a good friend. Yeah. And so I love to talk to him about it. And yeah. he's such a nice guy that he lets somebody who's an idiot <laughs> debate with him yeah. Yeah. about it and doesn't get mad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we worked, we've been working together and just chatting about it on an ongoing basis. And I think that um, there's tremendous value there yeah. for people just to chat, you chat with him for five minutes yeah. and, and, you get a lot out of it. Well, and I'll tell you, you know, when we were when we were really pushing it, like this stuff started to come on, and, and John was John Sandsbury was huge on this needs to be a bigger part of our training. We need to take more time off the clock. We need to take less time of banging our heads against the wall and spend a little bit more time just slowing it down, working on our movement, building our bodies up instead of kind of breaking our bodies down all the time, and. You know, I think that's going to be one of the really cool aspects of it is, you know, this is going to provide people an opportunity to get good work in, really develop their muscles, but we're never going to say three, two, one, go. Like, it's never going to be like you're banging your head against the wall with a Metcon, you know, like you're, you have this like, you know, hard couplet or triplet kind of lingering behind you. And that's what a lot of times what we do in class, it's like, we'll do some functional bodybuilding stuff and then we'll hit a Metcon or we'll hit a Metcon and then we'll hit some functional bodybuilding stuff. Yeah. Because it is a strength and conditioning program, right? Uh, the CrossFit class is, but this really is going to be a strength program. You know, this is going to be something that's going to be, you know, work on building up good positions and good movements. And, you know, it can be, I think the coolest part is, and, and it's just like squat cycle. I had so many people ask me, is squat cycle right for me? It's right for everybody. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no, you're ready for it. For the beginner, what an amazing way for you to take your squat four years ahead of time. Like when, if you would have first started with us back, if you would have first started with me in the garage, like it took me like three years to learn how to like overhead squat, like, and to develop a process around building the mobility and stability to do that. And then it took me another three years to get okay at it, right? And then it took me another three years to get decent at it, right? And so it's like, but along that way, you start to learn everything. Now it's like, I can put you into a 12-week program for overhead squats, and we can take you that entire nine years it took me, I can get you there in three months, like mm -hmm. five months, right? Yeah. And, and those are the things that's so cool now is like, we can take you as a, at a beginner level to being super advanced, right? I think like a like a Catherine, right? Um, she came in, she was pretty new to squatting, definitely didn't have any real like passion or desire around lifting, like lifting heavier. And I think she PR'd her squat by like 60 pounds. And it's just, and like the squat was night and day from a form perspective. It was a beautiful squat, right? Great positions and strong, confident, and she learned to love it, right? And it's eight weeks of work, 
And it's just like now she's going to have a really high developed great capacity squat for the rest of her life because she spent those eight weeks. And then on the back end of it, you get guys like Jason Grove, right? Where yeah. it's like he'd been squatting that sort of plateaued. And now all of a sudden we put you into all these different uncomfortable. We change the tempo up. We change your thought process towards it, right? And that's the thing. It's like it is a temp or is a plateau buster, right? Is change the tempo, change the position, right? You can't, you know, you can't just improve your bench by constantly bench pressing the same way all the time, yeah. right? And it's like you're just not going to improve that. So let's change the tempo. Let's change the weight. Let's change the position, right? Let's make you hold like a bridge and bench press. And like all of a sudden you're making all these different things harder. And now you can start to really advance. So I think that's what's so cool about it is there's only a few programs where you can really span the gap of day one beginner to year 10 veteran. The value is the same. Yeah. I think it has, it's like you said, it's universally, universally applicable. Yeah. It was the same thing. Like you said, people... The whole spectrum of squatting. Yeah. Um, Eric and Andy stood out to me. Just yeah. watching them always be very intent, intentional. And they're strong guys. Yeah. They've been at it for a long time. Yeah. And like taking it seriously. And you see them gain tremendous strength. Yeah. Amanda would be another example. Yeah. Super strong. Especially yeah. relative to her size. Yeah, for sure. Takes everything. She's the head of standards. Yeah. Super seriously. Yeah, for sure. And then has has really great results because yeah. she does everything. Yep. And I think that would be the goal with functional bodybuilding is to get everybody bought in. Yep. Taking it super seriously. Um, have fun. Yeah. And we improve our movement and we move, we push the peanut forward. We move yeah. you closer to wherever you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the, when we were doing it on Sundays, like having that time where you're not constantly doing Metcons and stuff, like that's your best, for lack of a better way to put it, because there's going to be girls doing it also and they'll, they'll be getting there. There's not a good way for it, but we'll call it bro time, right? Like, yeah, there's still the same thing. Time yeah. in between sets, like it's so much fun. And I think just like you said, like I love when people can come in and we're bullshitting, we're laughing, we're joking, we're having fun. Comes time for the set and I'm just like, and you're focused, you're dialed in, you're so intentioned in your positions and in your movement. And then you put the bar in and then you laugh about it and joke about it and you know, you bullshit. And for me, that was what the squat cycle was. Now, Grand, like I did it earlier in the day and, um, you know, did it with like Star Fox and Andy and some of those guys. And, uh, but that was it. Like you'd get done with the sets and you just got your ass kicked and you were in your own zone, but you come back in and it's then this communal. We got three minutes to bullshit around until the next yeah. set. Right. Yeah. And sit so, down on the bench. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Big sitting. Yeah, you big sit back sitting down. I remember like the, yeah, you just, if, had, if two people are sitting initially and yeah. then 50 people are sitting yeah, at the end. For sure. Yeah. So I think that's the thing is there's no, there's nothing gender specific about it. I think it's the idea of like, NFT as yeah. opposed to RFT, yeah, not for, sure. for time. Yep, yep. We have a, the time is the rest interval. Yep. And and it's not that it's not taxing; it's brutally taxing. Yep. Everything your whole system is turned up to eleven. It's just taxing taxing in a different way. Yep. But yeah, yep. so I couldn't be more excited. I think it's going to be fun. Um, we're going to have a big open space. It's going to be it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a great time. So. Look for the information on that. We're probably going to be getting out with it uh, about two weeks or so. It's two and a half, three weeks. So start coming out with more information on it. And then uh, if you guys are interested, hopefully you guys enjoy it. You guys can come in. If you guys don't know Coach Ryan, maybe on weekends you can come in because maybe you're like a 5.30 a.m. or right? want to come in and uh, hang out on Sunday mornings with Ryan and get jacked. That would be a great way. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks for being on, Ryan. Appreciate Thank it, Thank you man. for having me.